Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in week three of our sermon series called The First Letter. And again, what we're doing in this series is taking a five-week journey through the earliest known Christian document, the book of First Thessalonians, to see what it is this ancient text has to teach us about becoming better, more faithful followers of Jesus in our own time and place. Okay, so to, to get at what First Thessalonians has to teach us this morning, we turn our attention to chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, which begins in this way. And this is Paul talking here. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service and spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. Now, to get at what Paul's saying here, remember, after Paul and his companions came to town and started this church, they in turn were run out of town because of the gospel or because of the perceived threat that many had when it came to this new religion. And so what that meant for this new church is that these baby Christians were now left on their own to try to figure things out in a very, very hostile place. And to give you a sense of the hostility they were facing, just like Paul and his friends were persecuted for proclaiming the gospel to the point where their lives were being threatened, that's why they left. So it was for these people who continued to follow Jesus in Thessalonica. Which means, of course, the biggest worry that Paul had regarding this church is if these people would be able to remain faithful under all of that pressure. And so, of course, in response to that, Paul sent one of his companions, Timothy, to see how they were holding up. Now, in a time and in a place where they didn't have cell phones, right, and the only way you can communicate is by letter, or you can't see, or you got to show up yourself. So that's what he's doing there, right? And the only reason you're sending someone is because you're worried about what's going on in that church because you're not going to take the time to do that unless you're worried things have gone horribly wrong. But then here's the amazing thing about this church. It seems to everyone surprised that what Timothy found when he arrived is not only were these baby Christians holding up under all the weight of that persecution, which is absolutely amazing in itself. I mean, some of us won't even come to church when it's cold outside, right? Imagine what these people were up against. By the way, if you showed up today, you're the really committed. Thank you very much. But even more than that, they were actually thriving. They were actually thriving. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and your love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Or, or, or the report that Timothy gives is that in spite of all they're up against, this church is rocking and rolling, doing great things, not only by remaining faithful to Jesus, no matter what it might cost them, but also in the way they love and care for one another as a church. And what's even more remarkable than that is that this church is actually doing so well that their faith, their commitment, their loyalty encourages Paul and his buddies to continue the good fight as they are dealing with their own persecution in Athens. Or Paul explains it in this way, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all of our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. 
For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Which again is absolutely remarkable when you think about what these people were against. And they are thriving. But now that you're able to see just how amazing this church really is and how they're thriving against all odds, I think the question now becomes, well, what is it we should be learning from these baby Christians? What should we be learning about how to live our own lives from these Thessalonians? Now, while studying and wrestling with this particular section of Thessalonians, and there's a ton of stuff that we could get into, what came to my mind that, that really kind of popped, that I think can help us with our own faith today, is the simple question, what would Timothy have to say about our church? What would Timothy have to say about our church? Or to make this a bit more clear, hypothetically speaking, of course, what if Paul sent Timothy to come to visit us at the First Christian Church of Great Bend today? Would we get rave reviews like the Thessalonians because of our faith and love? Or would Paul have to get serious with us as he does in most of his other letters because somehow we're missing the point? Now, I know to a certain extent that question is an impossible question to answer because of its counterfactual nature. But even though that's the case, what I really like about this question is it forces us as a church to actually take a step back and really examine in critical ways how we are doing. So, to get into this, let me ask you the question. From your perspective, how do you think we're doing? What is it Timothy would have to say about us? And I'll give you a moment just to begin to wrestle with that question. What is it that comes to mind? Well, as you continue to wrestle with that, let me share with you some of the good and not so good things that I think Timothy would include in his report. So, the first thing I think Timothy would report is that this church on most occasions is really, really good at loving and caring for one another. And that it doesn't matter what's going on in people's lives. This church is all about celebrating with each other when things are good. Think showers and weddings and bingo night and things like that in this church. Well, at the same time, showing up in force when tragedy or illness strike. I mean, there's hospital and shut-in visitations, people calling one another uh, on a weekly basis to help them through difficult moments. There's financial support. There's support for those who are grieving, or this congregation really does a good job, for the most part, of loving and caring for one another. Another thing that FCC is doing well is instead of just sitting back hoping people will show up to join them, this congregation has not only made it a priority to continue to pair, um, take care of the people who have been attending for a long, long time, but this congregation has also gone out of its way to meet a whole new generation of people right where they are by taking the risk and creating the contemporary service, the refuge. And not only that, but now that the refuge is thriving and growing and doing great things, this church, even the people who don't attend the refuge are stepping up to help pay for and get involved in the expansion of the refuge in an attempt to make room for even more people who need them some Jesus. Then this church, in an attempt to meet everyone where they are as they are, they actually have four services, Sunday school for all ages, children's church every Sunday morning, along with Bible studies, service groups, and Wednesday night activities that meet during the week as well. One of the principles they strive to live by, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, or how you prefer to worship you belong here, has to a certain extent 
created a place where saints and sinners alike are welcomed with open arms. I I mean, you should see some of the dirtbags that attend that church. It's like they'll let anybody in the doors. Now the question becomes, am I talking about you as one of the dirtbags, right? Mm -hmm. But what's even more amazing than that? Is that for many of those dirtbags, God is now getting a hold of them and beginning to transform them in ways that nobody thought was possible. For example, there's this longtime Great Bend resident who many have experienced as being a jerk and a bit of a curmudgeon, but now because of their experience at this church, people are being blown away by the person that they are becoming. The janitor they hired used to be one of the biggest players on the drug scene and even an addict herself, because, but because of the love of this church, has been and continues to be transformed in ways that nobody saw coming. Even now, getting to the point where she's going to start helping out with the children's ministry because she wants to start giving back. Then there's also this person, this new person in their church, who until just recently wanted nothing to do with the church or Jesus or anything regarding Christianity because of all of their horrible experiences growing up in many different churches. But now they have found a home, a place where they're loved and accepted for who they are and is on fire for Jesus, blowing all sorts of people's minds. They didn't think something like this was possible in this person's life, and yet it's happening right in front of them. Then to add to that, this church is pretty good at doing what they need to do to serve the community and the world. Or or every Christmas they give to the Water 4 Foundation to continue to provide drinking water for people living in sub-Saharan Africa. At this point, they've given over $40,000 to save lives for Christmas. They continue to send their youth on mission trips to to not only serve people in need while they're there, but to teach these kids what it's like to live a life of service. There's this thing called the care portal, where any time a family in the foster care system is in need in their community, they step up and provide things like beds and bikes and washers and dryers and stoves and furniture, whatever they need, these people show up. Through the program called The Circles, this church has played a part in helping people living in poverty find their way out to a better life for them and their children, making a difference for generations to come. Every January, this this congregation, they volunteer to help serve at the food bank, providing people in need with the basic necessities of life. And it's even the case that just recently, some committed members have also stepped up to serve meals once a quarter at a homeless kitchen in town. But the thing that most impresses me about this church is that in a time and in a place when churches are dividing right down the middle because of disagreements, this congregation chooses love. This congregation chooses love. And all because what they have in common in Jesus is bigger and more important than what they don't have in common. or or that in my humble opinion, or some of the things that I believe Timothy would report back to Paul after having a chance to visit us for a couple of months, which of course I think are things we should all be proud of because of the difference we continue to make in so many people's lives. Isn't it amazing when you just take a moment and think about all the different ways that we're making a difference in people's lives? I think about the, the furniture and the things that we've given to those in the care portal and how they're able to function every single day because of that simple gift. I think about the people in sub-Saharan Africa who now have access to water because this church cares. 
I mean, we should be proud. We should be excited about that because God is using us to make a difference. But, but, and this is the big but here, right? Now that you're feeling good about what we're doing and the difference that we're making, I also think that Timothy would have some not so good things to report about us as well. I mean, we're not, we're not the church that's got it all figured out and everything is going wonderful all of the time. No, I also think that Timothy has, would have some critiques for us, things that we need to work on, things that we've got to get better at. So for starters, when it comes to, to serving this community, again, they do a pretty good job, but given their size and all their resources and all the people that go to that church, they could be doing a whole lot more to care for, help, and nurture those in their community who need that help. When it comes to their priorities, they need to get a whole lot better at not putting God fifth or sixth on their list of things to do, right? Just as a side thought, but need to put God first on their priority list. When it comes to sharing their faith with others, instead of just expecting new people to show up and join them, they've got to get a whole lot better at not only living out their faith in a way that that shows that to the world. You know, preach the gospel to all the world and if necessary, use words. But when the opportunity arises, they can't be embarrassed or ashamed to tell others about what Jesus has done for them because there's so many people in their area that need to hear that good news from them. Or or like a whole lot of Christians, they've got to stop with the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy, right? Where you come to church and you act one way, then you go out and do whatever it is that you want to do. When it comes to their sins, and they are many, they've got to stop making excuses and running from them and seek forgiveness while continuing to deny themselves and take up their cross. And then last but not least, they've got to learn that all of this is not first and foremost about them and what they want or what they think they need, but is actually about what God is trying to accomplish. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about a bigger picture. So instead of making this life about themselves and only thinking about themselves, They need to find their place in God's plan and give themselves to that completely and totally. Or at least from my humble perspective, those are just a few of the many things I believe Timothy would put in our report regarding the things that we need to continue to work on as a church. Not feeling so good now, are you? We go from being high and feeling good about ourselves, yay, and then we get serious with ourselves. Okay, so so now that I've walked you through all of that, there's two things I would like for all of you to do this week in response to that. So, So first of all, sometime this week, I would encourage all of you from your particular perspective, your viewpoint, to ask yourself the question, what do you think Timothy's report to Paul would be regarding this church? And as you're doing that, I'd love for you to jot down some notes regarding what we do well and what we need to work on. But then when it comes to what we need to work on, instead of just standing there and pointing fingers or complaining, which let's be honest, we're really good at doing that because that's the easy thing to do. I would like for you to pray about how you could become a part of the solution or what it is that you could do to help this church get better and then get to work. And secondly, what I would like to encourage all of you to try to do in an attempt to get real with yourself is instead of just thinking about what Timothy's report to the church would be about us, I want you to think about what Timothy would have to say about the way you're living. Or again, hypothetically speaking, to to imagine Paul sent Timothy to check up on how you're living, what kind of report do you think you would get? 
Because ultimately what asking these questions helps us to do is to take a moment and step back from this rat race of life or all these things that we're doing where we don't have enough time to kind of raise our heads and look up to, to not only see where we are and how we are doing, but most importantly, to get real with ourselves about the things we need to work on and change. Because whether you're aware of it or not, comfortable with it or not, like it or not, that is a foundational part of what it means to follow Jesus. It's a foundational part of what it means to grow in our faith. We have got to take a moment in our lives from time to time, back away from the bump and grind, back away from all that is out there, and ask ourselves the question, how are we doing? What would Timothy have to say about how we're living our lives? Because I'm pretty sure, I might be going out on a limb here, I'm pretty sure we all have some things to work on. You guys are supposed to say amen right there, but okay. <laughs> so again, what would Timothy have to say about this church? And how should you respond? And then what would Timothy have to say about the way you're living your life? And how do you need to respond? Because if you do that, if we we'll actually do that, it'll make us all better. It'll help us all make that jump, that transition that we need to make to become better, more faithful followers of Christ, to be better, more faithful followers of Christ in this church, because ultimately, that's what we're all after, right? Let us pray. Father, again, we come before you this morning. This, this book is just fantastic, and we're not even getting into all of it. But the question that it forces us to wrestle with today, oh Lord, is how we're doing as a church. And there's no doubt, Lord, we're so grateful for all the blessings and the great things that are happening around here and how we continue to transform lives and be a part of something big, this kingdom work. But when we also look, Lord, there's things that we need to work on. There's things that we need to change. And then when it comes to ourselves, oh Lord, I think it's the same thing. Many of us do amazing things with our work and our lives that do make a difference for the kingdom, but there's also things that are holding us back. There's also sin, or, or we just get so caught up in things that, that we miss what it is that we should be doing. And so, Lord, help us all to take a step back and ask these questions. And then, oh Lord, reveal to us what it is that, that not only we do well, that we need to give ourselves more to, but what we, is we need to change? And then, Lord, once we do that, my prayer is, is that you will help us. Give us the strength that we need, not just to know, but to actually get up and do. Lord, we ask this all in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.